Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 109 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading Matthew chapter 11 today, and our focus is on what causes doubts and the gentleness of Jesus. So this is a daily 10-minute podcast where we dig into the truth of God's Word one chapter at a time. Welcome to new listeners in Paris, France, Birmingham, United Kingdom, Rajasthan and Gujarat, India, Ontario, Canada, Dallas, Texas, Los Angeles, California, Birmingham, Alabama, and Pueblo, Colorado. Thank you all for listening. Please do check out our website, Bible2021.com, and please think about leaving a review for us on Apple Podcasts, no matter what country you are in. The last two weeks at our church, which is Valley Baptist Church in Salinas, California, we've been talking about doubt and faith. Now, I guess that doubt might be a bit of an odd topic to talk about during the sermon time, but the thing that triggered our message times the last couple of weeks is a very striking passage in the resurrection account from the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 28, 16 and 17 says, The eleven disciples traveled to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped, but some doubted. That's a pretty odd thing for Matthew to report there. At this point in time, the disciples would have seen Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, and talked to him, maybe more than once. And I wonder, why are they doubting? This does tell us at least two important things. Number one, the gospel accounts are quite authentic, not legendary, not fabrications. If you're fabricating or hoaxing or making something up about the resurrection, why in the world would you include these doubts? Or if Jesus had been legendized by later followers, in other words, later followers sort of added to the legend of Jesus by saying he rose from the dead or something like that, which some skeptical scholars claim, why include the doubts of the disciples? It doesn't make sense to include those things unless it just happened that way and Matthew is telling us the unvarnished truth. Number two, those included doubts kind of demonstrates to us the universality of doubt and the fact that the disciples of Jesus were not particularly superstitious. They weren't inclined to think that people would come back from the dead and they wouldn't be convinced otherwise without solid and sound and repeated evidence. And you know what? These skeptical disciples, they were convinced to a man and they gave their life for that conviction. Now, doubt is very common in the Bible, common in people. Abraham, Moses, King David, Sarah, Abraham, Paul, Peter, Jacob, and many, many more biblical figures all struggled with doubt. That might surprise you a little bit that great saints and, and people in the Bible struggle with doubt. Does it surprise you even more that the greatest fully human being ever born, at least according to Jesus, experienced doubt? Well, I'm talking about John the Baptist. Jesus said that nobody greater than John the Baptist had ever been born. When John the Baptist saw Jesus coming to him initially, John looked at him and immediately knew that Jesus was the Lamb of God, the Messiah, who would take away the sins of the world. There was no doubt in John the Baptist's mind at that point. Sometime later, after the public ministry of Jesus had begun, however, John the Baptist begins to doubt. What changed? Did Jesus change? Did Jesus do something to make John doubt? Well, let's read our passage today and find out. Matthew chapter 11, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. 
When Jesus had finished giving instructions to his twelve disciples, he moved on from there to teach and preach in their towns. Now when John heard in prison that what the Christ was doing, he sent a message through his disciples and asked him, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied to them, Go and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor are told the good news. And blessed is the one who isn't offended by me. As these men were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swaying in the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothes? See, those who wear soft clothes are in royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, no one greater than John the Baptist has appeared, but the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been suffering violence, and the violent have been seizing it by force. For all the prophets in the law prophesied until John, and if you're willing to accept it, he is the Elijah who is to come. Let anyone who has ears listen. To what should I compare this generation? It's like children sitting in the marketplaces who call out to other children, We played the flute for you, but you didn't dance. We sang a lament, but you didn't mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds." Then he proceeded to denounce the town where most of his miracles were done because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the miracles that were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented in sackcloth and ashes long ago. But I tell you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon on the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? No, you will go down to Hades. For if the miracles that were done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until today. But I tell you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom on the day of judgment than for you. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, because this was your good pleasure. All things have been entrusted to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son desires to reveal him. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke and learn from me, because I am lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Well, it turns out that Jesus didn't change. It was John's circumstances that changed. It's easy to confess Jesus is Lord when your ministry is at its apex and you are famous throughout your country and people are looking up to you and coming to be baptized by you, isn't it? We tend to not doubt very much when things are going our way, but doubts tend to rise up in us when our circumstances change especially when they change for the negative. We know that people get sick. We know that people have wrecks, get injured, lose their jobs, die, etc. We see these difficult things also happening in biblical characters, and we see them in the lives of our friends, families, and acquaintances, and usually seeing them in other people doesn't make us doubt. But when we 
have these bad things happen to us, then we become like John the Baptist. The doubts tend to creep in. John was in jail. He had been arrested. He was facing execution. He sent his disciples to ask Jesus if he really was the Messiah, likely because he was feeling terribly neglected. Similarly, Jesus' disciples, upon being hit by a terrible storm in their boat and seeing Jesus blissfully asleep, ask him, hey, don't you care that we are about to die? Well, of course Jesus cared, and of course Jesus was the Messiah. It was just shocking for the storm to be raging around the disciples, and it was shocking for John to find himself in jail awaiting execution. The circumstances did not change who Jesus was, nor did it change how much he cared, but the circumstances do change our perception of whether or not God cares, and this can cause doubt to come in. How did Jesus answer the doubts of John the Baptist? Well, he basically said, Look at me. Look what I'm doing. The blind see, the dead are raised, the lame walk, and the deaf hear. Don't be offended by your circumstances, John. I'm still Jesus, and I will save you. That's basically what Jesus was saying to John. Well, what do we do when we find ourselves doubting, especially when doubting because of bad or bitter circumstances in our lives? Well, same thing. We look to Jesus, setting our minds on things above and dwelling in his teachings and in his life. We must, as the author of Hebrews commands, set our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. We should also remind ourselves that trials aren't a surprise, just like Peter reminds us. In 1 Peter 4, 12-14, dear friends, don't be surprised when the fiery ordeal or trial comes among you to test you as if something unusual were happening to you. Instead, rejoice as you share in the sufferings of Christ so that you may also rejoice with great joy when his glory is revealed. If you are ridiculed for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Now look, that's not an easy teaching from the word. I am often surprised by these fiery trials that aren't supposed to surprise me, but as Peter says, they're not unusual. Tribulation will come, says Jesus, but he has overcome the world, so we should take our peace in him. Why take peace in him? Well, amongst hundreds of reasons we could probably list out, one sticks out in today's reading in verses 28 through 30, where Jesus says, come to me, All of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke and learn from me, because I am lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What a wonderful description of Jesus, the King of Kings. He is gentle. He is rest for the weary and those who are weighed down. He is humble and lowly. His lordship is not burdensome, but light. Though the trials might last for a night and be severe when they're going on, the joy comes in the morning and it will be eternal. Look to Jesus, dear friends, and let your doubts be quenched in the light of his grace and glory and gentleness. Well, we end the show with our Bible verse for the month of April, James 4, 6, but he gives greater grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Amen. Friends, may it be a good week. May the Lord bless you. Good day to you and Godspeed.